0: You're listening to The Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, Welcome in to The Bonfire Podcast, everyone. Thanks for joining us again this week for another episode. Uh, we are so glad that you are with us. If you are a new listener, you are listening to uh, what we refer to as the best Bible study podcast um, that, that's out and about. And We would encourage you to come in and to spend some time with us and to listen to uh, what we have to say today. and. Also to go back and look at some of our other episodes and and then kind of make that decision for yourself. And then again, for all of you who have been listening for so long, we want to thank you and just show our appreciation uh, to being uh, faithful to listen to us. Well, um, Dad, we got, um, I guess, an exciting announcement to make today. Um, we're growing our social media footprint. All right. And so um, I want to let everyone know that as of yesterday, uh, the Bonefire Podcast and Bonefire Ministries is now officially part of Parler. Mm-hmm. Um, Parler is a new social media app uh, that's out there, and so I would encourage people to go check that out. Um, it's mm-hmm. spelled P-A-R-L-E-R. And if you've been following any of the the recent news media um You probably have to be living under a rock not to know that the big tech giants um, Mm -hmm. have been censoring uh, both conservative and Christian um, media for quite some time. Mm Mm-hmm. And really, that's uh, come out recently in some congressional hearings, Um, and so there's all kinds of conversation about the censorship that's happening by these big tech companies. And so Mm -hmm. um, Parler likes to pride itself as being the only place uh, in social media where free speech is still alive. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing a lot of uh, conservative commentators uh, move over to Parler, and so we're going ahead and jumping in in that mix as well. And so we would encourage you, if you're looking for an alternative to Twitter and Facebook and uh, some of the... uh, uh, mass media, social media uh, sites, uh, give Parler a try. Um, we'll be there. We're going to try and get our content loaded there. Um, so you can follow us. And, um, when you're using, um, parlor uh, what it's called is echo so we'd ask you to echo um, our uh, our episodes uh, so that that would go out to other people that you may be friends with or connected with on parlor so that's basically parlors way of seeing share right. um, that you would do like on Facebook so we are not leaving Facebook at this time we'll still be there um, but it may come to a point where we have to uh, just depending on how things shake out with the censorship that's going on and we've been blessed thus far so we're just adding this uh, as an additional site uh, for you to be able to connect connect with us so mm-hmm. come find us bonefire ministries on parlor so we're excited about that well dad uh this is probably one of the the best weeks of the year for me because this is the week of Thanksgiving right and uh, Thanksgiving is probably my it's probably my favorite holiday uh, you yeah. know when I was young growing up mm-hmm. of course love Christmas right because right. all kids do that's right uh, they love the the gift giving that occurs there or the gift receiving rather as a right. kid that's uh, right. that occurs and and so as I got older, um, I really began to, to really love Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because you get um, uh, Christmas without gifts, basically, <laughs> yeah. is what I like to call it, right? That's right. So, there's family, there's food, uh, there's good times, uh, but there's not the stress that oftentimes comes with gift giving right. um, because that can add just an extra layer of burden on it that I just don't see as necessary. But um, I really like uh, Thanksgiving. Also, in recent years, I've been getting into cooking. And so, mm-hmm. uh, for the last couple of years, uh, I've been the Thanksgiving chef uh, right. for our families. And so, um, that, that's that's exciting for me to get to try my skills in the kitchen there yeah. uh, with Thanksgiving so looking forward to Thanksgiving uh, this week and you know we're recording this episode on Sunday so we're doing another same day release so all of you listening um, be in prayer if you're listening at this at 8pm Eastern Standard Time that means we make it um, right. if you're not then that means that something went terribly wrong so hopefully everything goes well and we'll get this this out to you but I'm looking forward to Thursday uh, for us to, to, to have some time to to slow down and just be thankful. That's right. right. That's, that's what the season's for. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, when we think about Thanksgiving, I, I just wanted to go through a couple things here with you a little little survey mm-hmm. as we're talking mm-hmm. about Thanksgiving sure. and uh, see where you are. I think I know where your answers are to these questions, but we'll see how those align. So, first one I have for you is turkey. Yeah. Uh, how do you like your turkey? Do you want it fried, smoked, or oven roasted or, or baked in the oven? Uh, oven roasted. O- oven roasted. Okay. Uh, that, that's that's very good. I, I probably lean more towards smoking. Last year was the first year that I actually had a smoker, and I smoked a turkey, and I think it was a, a, oh, yeah. a pretty good success. It was and very so good. Um, I really enjoyed smoking um, because it allowed the meat to stay tender and moist. Um, but uh, I'm okay with oven uh, roasting as well and, and even fried. I do some of that as well. Um, for me, we've, we're doing two Thanksgivings this year. So yesterday we did Thanksgiving with my wife's uh, family, and um, I cooked the turkey uh, for that. And so um, because all of my cooking supplies are in storage right now as we're you know moving, um I ended up doing an oven roast. Uh, So I roasted the turkey in the oven and it actually turned out uh, very good. So um, I'll take turkey any way you can give it to me um, is basically my answer to that. So second question I have for you, Dad, is stuffing or dressing? Which do you prefer? Oh, definitely dressing. Yeah. So uh, for those of you listening, we're in the South, right? And so uh, there is only one thing that you can answer, or only one way you can not answer that question, and that is cornbread dressing. That's right. That, that is the staple here in the South. We don't do any of that stuffing stuff. Um, and so everything is cornbread dressing for us. And so I would answer the same way. All right, Dad, next question for you is uh, uh, white or dark meat? Oh, white meat. White meat. Okay, so you, you like like the white meat. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do either, but I, I do probably prefer the white meat um, over the dark meat. All right, uh, sweet potatoes. That's, that's kind of a staple of Thanksgiving right. a, a yeah. side dish there. Do you want your sweet potatoes in pie form? Or in the South, we have what's called sweet potato casserole
1: or sweet potato souffle. Which do you prefer? Well, that's a tough one. I tell you, I like sweet potato casserole. And uh, sweet potato pie, probably because I don't get enough sweet potato pie, I'd have to say sweet potato pie because I can go to the local barbecue place and and get my get my need met for a sweet potato casserole for that goes with barbecue in South Carolina.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) that's exactly right. So. I would probably, uh, say that, um, I could go either way there. Um, um, both, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll eat sweet potato casserole and if there's pie there, then I'll eat that too. So, um, I won't, I won't turn down sweet potatoes in really any Mm. form or fashion, uh, Dad, what's your uh, favorite side dish? So we talked about turkey, and we talked about uh, dressing. Those are, you know, most ha- must-haves. Uh, we talked about sweet potatoes. But outside right. of that, if you're at the Thanksgiving table, what is one thing that you're looking forward well, to being for on the table?
1: The Thanksgiving table, I would say uh, my mom's cranberry salad. She's passed away now, but... I, I got to thinking about her cranberry salad about a week or two ago, and I've got some of the old Camp Creek Baptist Church cookbooks, and I got to looking in them, and, hey, I, I struck gold because she put her recipe in more than one of those cookbooks, and so uh, I plan on making that this year.
0: Okay. For our audience, describe what that, that recipe is about. What
1: What is what okay. is in this? Well, you take uh, one big box of either cherry jello or raspberry jello. I'm going to use the raspberry jello this year. Uh, Three cups of boiling water, and you mix that with uh, one 16-ounce can of cranberry sauce. And of course, you're supposed to You're supposed to melt the cranberry sauce, you know. It's the jelly that you use. And you kind of melt it. You mix it with the jello, the boiling water. You put an apple that's been chopped up in a large can of crushed pineapple, and you got to have some pecans in there. And you mix it all together, refrigerate it overnight. I'll tell you what. It just adds to Thanksgiving meal.
0: Oh, That does sound uh, very good. So I'm looking... Looking forward to that on Thursday. Uh, I think you said you're going to try your hand at it. Uh, That's right. So that'll be the first time we've had that in many years. Many years. um, Since um, your your mom passed away, my grandmother passed away. And so for those of you who are listening to us, if you're interested in that recipe, I think what I'll do is probably take that and I'll post it on uh, Facebook and so that you'll be able to get to that as well, Um, uh, just just as a little extra here for our Thanksgiving special that we're doing. So, Dad, I guess the next question I have for you is – Thanksgiving memories and traditions, if if you had to say what is your favorite uh, Thanksgiving memory or tradition, well, how would you answer that
1: question? Well, I would say uh, my favorite one comes after I'm married and, and you come along and you've been born and – my brother and his family would come up from Charleston or Anderson, wherever they lived, and come to Lancaster. And, of course, we've never lived in Lancaster since I've been a pastor, and we would make our, our journey there. And then all the Parker family, which is not a real big family, we'd be together. You and your cousins be playing out in the front yard. And then my mom, she just really, you know, uh, just just went all out for the Thanksgiving meal. And she tried to have something on the table that everybody liked, you know, especially enjoyed. And and one thing that she would have each year that was her specialty was her homemade fruitcake. Now, typically, I don't like fruitcake, bought fruitcake, but I always liked her fruitcake. She made it with the sweet fruit, not the bitter fruit. And she got to where she uh, started making fruitcake cookies out of that sweet fruit. And, you know, that was pretty good. Uh, it's not something I'd want to eat uh, 12 months out of the year, but you know, just for Thanksgiving, I don't know. That just hit the spot right there. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that, that sounds good. Um, So for me, I, I guess uh, I have a, a couple. So if I say my favorite uh, tradition, um, and we were actually just talking about this earlier, I think my favorite tradition is the church Thanksgiving meals. Right. Um, right? And so um, it's kind of been custom for... Uh, all the churches we've been in, Baptist churches we've been in, that typically that week before Thanksgiving, whether it's a Saturday or Sunday, uh, that there would be a Thanksgiving meal at the church. That's and, right. Um, I, th- I think that's probably one of my favorite traditions. Uh-huh. Um, we were just looking on, on Facebook earlier, and, and we've got some friends that live in Chester, South Carolina at Liberty Baptist Church. So a quick shout out to you guys. We were thinking uh, where it looks like you guys were having your Thanksgiving meal today mm-hmm. and uh, just brought back good memories uh, for me of, of how, how fun those times are Yeah, um, of where you're getting. Together with your church family, uh, which is you know an extension of your own personal family, right? And having Thanksgiving together, and I, I just think that's a, a great trend uh, tradition to have. Um, and then for me, the the favorite uh, memory or, or best Thanksgiving memory um, would probably go back to uh, several years back, and um, mm-hmm. it was it was actually your dad, uh, uh, so my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never really saw my grandfather uh, cry much, but mm-hmm. as he got older and in mm-hmm. the final years of his life, you know, he got very emotional. Right. And we would go around the table at Thanksgiving, and um, mm-hmm. I remember him sitting actually in the chair that you're sitting in, and mm-hmm. he would we'd ask him, say, what are you thankful for? And he couldn't hardly get out uh, the words because he'd just start to cry because he'd say he's thankful for God. He's thankful for his salvation. He's thankful for his family. Right. And, you know, to me, that was probably my uh, my best Thanksgiving memory mm-hmm. is uh, being able to uh, to see that and to re- recall that. And so um, th- that that is that is it for me. And I look forward to making, you know, new memories and and uh, new traditions as we go forward yeah. and as life changes. Um, but those are some very special times. Uh, that just come to mind. And, you know, for our listeners, I'd ask you just to think about what are your favorite uh, memories and, and times of Thanksgiving. If you got one that you want to share with us, put a comment there on that Facebook feed and 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 tell us what your favorite memory is. You know, Dad, this year, uh, Thanksgiving is, is probably going to look a little bit different uh, than it has in uh, years past. Um, after all, it is 2020. Right? That's right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there, this particular week, or this past week, has been this onslaught of of guidelines that are being released from different organizations and governments around mm-hmm. what we can and can't do for Thanksgiving. Right Now uh, we try not to be too political on, on our podcast, but right. um, you know, I'm of the opinion that's uh, give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. Right. So I don't like the intrusion from, from government telling me who I can have in my house for how long, how many people, right. uh, so forth and so on. And, and we're just seeing that come out now. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to read through some of the, the, um, what I call crazy guidelines that are coming out of California. Yeah. And so I want to get your reaction to these. Um, And so this is Thanksgiving guidelines. Uh, It's actually Christmas and Thanksgiving gathering guidelines Mm. from the official uh, California, uh, state of California government. Uh, And these have been summarized a little bit. But uh, first one says that no more than three households, including your own, may gather. Okay, so you can have yourself and then two other uh, groups of people that don't live inside your house that can come uh, together. The next one says that the host must gather uh, and collect all the names and addresses of those attending the gathering, which I I just find kind of funny there because like who – if you can only invite two families that live outside your house, you're probably going to invite people that you know. you that's know where they right. live. That's right. I, I don't really get the the collect the address thing, but that's what it says. It says all gatherings must be held outside. Oh man. Huh. Uh, so if uh, hope for good weather because the state of California says you got to be outside uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, this one's good. Uh, you can go to the bathroom inside <laughs> if the bathroom is frequently sanitized. Uh-huh. Um, they did not give any guidelines for using the bathroom outside, Yeah. Um, but as we know, I think California uh, has a pretty uh, bad problem with bathrooms outside yeah. uh, with all the homeless <laughs> folks they've got going on there. Mm-hmm. So, um you are allowed to gather in an open park, three households only, but no concurrent gathering gatherings like with people you know at the same park. Mm. <laughs> so just imagine this dad. We we get together, we have our two, you know, so you're living in one household, I'm living in another. We invite one other family to come with us. We drive over to the park, mm-hmm. and when we get there, wouldn't you know it, the neighbor from down the street is in the same park. Yeah. Does that mean that we have to leave? Uh, and yeah. so you can't have your Thanksgiving because you're in the park with somebody you know. Oh what. No. it just it just seems odd there that they would do that. All seating must be socially distanced. Um, all food must be in single serve disposable dishes. <laughs> now, I don't know how exactly you achieve that. Uh, the only thing that came to my mind is that um, that means that everyone's getting a Stouffer uh, Thanksgiving turkey meal uh, out right. of the microwave, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's the only thing I could come up with. Is you're getting a linguine or something like that. Um it says here that uh you must wear a mask at all times less eating. Um here's the next one. You can only gather for 2 hours maximum. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't get that. Uh, I don't know where the science is on you can only be together for 2 hours like that just right. seems preposterous to me. And then lastly, uh we know the state of California has a problem against singing and so they've thrown this into their holiday guidelines as well. That singing is discouraged. But if you must sing,
1: if you must, if you must sing,
0: you must wear a mask and sing below the standard speaking voice. Yeah. So whispering, you whispering, need to whisper sing. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure how you do that. I just, I, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't get that. So, those are some of the guidelines that are coming out of the state of California. So we've got some listeners out there in California, and I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, one, I'm sorry, and two, I'm, we're praying for you that That's uh, right. that you guys have uh, an okay Thanksgiving. Despite uh, the things that are happening there uh, with the government. Um, but hey, you guys voted for it. So that's right. Hey, um, look
1: out for the Thanksgiving police. You that, that, exactly. Know. Talk exactly about right. government overreach, man. That's right.
0: You know, and, and, you know, again, we try not to be too political, Dad, but this just seems to be a great example of how uh, personal liberties uh, within our country are being eroded. Right. And unfortunately, um, I think that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. uh, that could happen and could happen very quickly uh, to us. And so. Uh, Just ask everyone to to think about um, you know what what are you willing to sacrifice? How much personal liberty are you willing to give? Uh, into uh, totalitarian uh, leaders like this. And so, you know, Dad, as I was thinking about these guidelines and how crazy they are, we're making a little bit of fun of them, and uh, I want to make sure that everyone understands that we want everyone to be safe at, at Thanksgiving sure. and want people to use their their own uh, good common sense to keep themselves safe uh, right. during the, this time of celebration, but we do feel that it's very important that families come together and have this opportunity to, to have Thanksgiving. So, uh, please, if you're, you're gathering with your families, do it safely, but please gather uh, and take that time to get together and 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 to give thanks uh, for really what the Lord has done. That's and right. so, Dad, as I was thinking about these guidelines, I said, you know what, what would the biblical alternative to these guidelines look like? Mm-hmm. You know, we've got uh, Governor Newsom's uh, guidelines here from California, but what what would the Bible's guidelines for Thanksgiving be? Is there anything in there about that? And so right. as I was preparing for what we're going to talk about today, I was studying and trying to figure out uh, the the angle that I was going to take with our podcast today. And I kept coming back to First Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so First Thessalonians chapter 5, and that's going to be our scripture uh, for today's podcast. We're going to be looking at verses 16 through 18. And these are some of the shortest verses in the Bible, but they're probably some of the most impactful right. uh, verses that we have in the Bible. And I want to read those to you now. And so think about this under the heading of uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas guidelines uh, from the Apostle Paul uh, yeah. straight from the Word of God here. It says, verse 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we wanted to spend our time really talking about today from a Bible study standpoint is looking at 1 Thessalonians and these three commands that are given mm-hmm. uh, from Paul. And these are inspired words that Paul was given by God and the Holy Spirit to write to us that we are to rejoice always, we are to pray without ceasing, and in everything we are to give Thanks, mm-hmm. and so Dad. Starting first with that first one, rejoice always. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at rejoice always, the word rejoice means to give to joy. That's the way that Webster's refine uh, defines it. Mm-hmm. They also give a second definition to be joyful. So what Paul is saying here is that we as Christians should be joyful always. Right. We, we should be joyful. Now you you may say, well. Well, what is joyful and how is that different than happiness right because mm-hmm. sometimes we try to blend those two together and i found a great explanation uh, of kind of how to to separate the two mm-hmm. and and this is how it goes it says happiness is a feeling based on your circumstances uh-huh. but joy is an attitude that defies circumstances right so if you can discern from that what it's saying here is that happiness is is on the outside. It's right. external things is what makes you happy mm-hmm. and it's fleeting and it's temporary. But joy is something that comes from within. Right. It comes and regardless of what's happening on the outside, yeah, you can have joy. I think all of us have probably met people when you look at their life and, and the maybe the trials and the tribulations that they're going through, you just shake your head and go, Wow, I don't I don't see how one person can be put through so much. And yet many times those people are some of the the most joyful and, and just have a joyful spirit about them, right. even though they've got so many things going on around them that would cause them to be That's right. negative.
1: Well, you know, one of the distinguishing qualities of god is that he is full of joy you know the bible tells us that the fruit of the spirit and this is talking about the holy spirit christ living in us the fruit of the spirit's peace love joy patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there you go joy and when jesus is living in your heart uh he is full of joy and you have him inside you and you can continuously have that joy like you said happiness comes and goes but joy is something that stays with you forever.
0: That's exactly right. So, you know, the, where does joy come from? As you said, Dad, it comes from the Lord. You mentioned that was one of the fruits of the Spirit mm-hmm. uh, that that, um, that we have joy. And God gives us fullness of joy. And that's sometimes hard for us to imagine, isn't it? Um, because we, again, view joy and happiness. We get those kind of twisted around in our mind. Mm-hmm. But when we understand what joy truly is, it becomes easier for us to see uh, how joy, um, it comes into our lives. And I've got three verses here I want to share with our listeners, Dad. The first one comes from Psalms 1611. It says, you, referring to God, will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And if you want another one, we can go to Romans 1513 that says, now may may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you need one more, let's go to Romans 14, 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the Bible tells us that joy comes from, one, the presence of God, two,
1: through believing in Him, and three, In the Holy Spirit. Hey, I got an extra verse. The Bible also tells us that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, that's, you know, that's a
0: good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So listeners, I'll, I'll ask you today, uh, do you have joy? Uh, are you rejoicing always? Uh, because that is a command uh, that comes straight from 1 Thessalonians. And as our Thanksgiving guideline, that's the first one we have for you is that we should rejoice always and have that joyful presence about us. Mm-hmm. Dad, let's move on and look at our second um, guideline that we have here, and that's to pray without ceasing. You know, prayer is one of the most powerful tools that we have as believers but all too often we underutilize it or flat out neglect it. Right. Many times believers become mechanical in their prayer life. Uh, they do it just at meals or at bedtime. Mm-hmm. And many times they just recant the same words, almost mm-hmm. like it's, you know, uh, everyone knows those simple prayers we learn as a, ch- a child for saying the blessing, right? Um, and, and a lot of those times, even in adults, we get in this habit of we just say the same thing over and over again. Right. And that's not what prayer is is really uh, supposed to be. In fact, this type of prayer that I'm talking about is in stark contrast with, to Paul's command to pray without ceasing. But what does it mean to pray without ceasing? I believe it means to pray often and in a deliberate fashion. It means that we should stay in communion uh, with God uh, so that we don't have to suddenly change um, our, our dispositions to go into prayer. We should be in a default spiritual position or condition that should always be, oh God, so that at any point in time we could take our needs to Him.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, I remember when I was in college, I, I learned a method of praying by the use of an acrostic, the word acts, just like acts in the Bible, A-C-T-S. A good way to pray, A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, S, supplication. So in your praying, and I know you're going to get around to giving thanks, but uh, thanksgiving is always a part of your praying. Mm, that's that's very
0: true. You know, when there's nothing that we face, uh, there's no duty too small um, that, that can't be improved by prayer and mm-hmm. God wants to know it all you right know, He wants us to bring it all to him and that's right. You know many times people say, well, isn't God omniscient right? He knows all things and that's true. That's right. And so if God's omniscient then he knows what I need. Uh And that's also a true statement. He does. But he also wants to see us as his children come to him and to ask and to lift up our needs to him in prayer. That's right. He knows what we need. Uh, You you can be assured of that, that he does. But he does want to hear from us. So we are to pray consciously. We're to pray deliberately. We're to pray repeatedly and to pray persistently. Mm -hmm. You know, I know many people uh, may feel like, well, I've been praying uh, for something for so long, and it just doesn't seem like that prayer has ever been answered. Mm -hmm. Um, and they many times say, "Well, should I stop praying?" And I think your recommendation to them would be, "No, you don't stop praying. You That's never right. stop praying. That's right, um, because that persistence in prayer, um, it, many times, is what it takes to to see you know something uh, come to fruition. Is is just to keep on praying and believing right. that God will make it true.
1: That's right. Sometimes when we feel like that, He is not answering us. Uh, We've got to keep in mind that God might just be putting us on hold. He knows things. He knows the future, whereas we don't know the future. And perhaps we're certainly we hope to be praying in the will of God. But God doesn't answer in our time because he is going to answer in his time. And, you know, sometimes an answer can be no. That's true. Right. Yeah,
0: not not everything that we asked for we guaranteed. Right. That it's gonna be answered the way that we want it to be answered. That's right. Um and no is no is an appropriate answer. Dad, I like this uh, poem that I ran across. W. A. Chriswell uh, quoted it. It's from a, a source that's unknown. It says, When you are weary in body and soul, cumbered with many a care, when work is claiming its strength taking toll, Make it a matter of prayer, mm-hmm. and when you're discouraged, distraught, or dismayed, sinking almost into despair, remember there's one who will come to your aid if you make it a matter of prayer. Yeah. And when you are lost in this world's tangle maze, when life seems a hopeless affair, direction will come for all your ways. If you make it a matter of prayer. yeah, And, you know, I think that's probably a very eloquent way of adding on to what Paul said is pray, pray without ceasing, pray about all things. We should always be in that uh, kind of spiritual condition to where we can pray. You know, for me, Dad, it's... Um, it, I I don't necessarily have to have a prayer time throughout the day, right? I mean, there's times where I'm going throughout my day. I may be driving or maybe getting ready to go into a meeting or something like that, and I can Mm -hmm. just stop right there and say, hey, God, I need your help on this. Right. I I need some guidance. I need some direction. Right. Um, I don't have to necessarily uh, get into this, you know, prayer time. I do have those those scheduled prayer times that I do, but it's just that open conversation that should be there all the time. Right. But God, that's what it means to pray without ceasing, is always be in that moment. Mindset of going to God with prayer. Well, Dad, that brings us to our last guideline for uh, Thanksgiving, and and that is, uh, in everything, give thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the words that Paul uses here. I notice uh, the key word in this is that he says in. That's right. In all things, Paul doesn't say for. Everything, but he says in everything. That's right. And you know, that's such a big word, right. even though it's a two letter word. Right. Uh, the fact that he uses that is, is so big because there are things that are going to happen in our life. Uh, there's going to be a tragedy, uh, there's going to be hard things, and, and and it would just be imaginable for us to say, I need to thank God for that. Right. Um, but we need to thank God in that, is that's what right. Paul
1: is saying. In every circumstance, if we look, there is something that we could be thankful for. I came across a poem many years ago that I really liked that sort of expresses this. It starts out, I'm thankful for the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. I mean, who likes to pay taxes? But I'm thankful for the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. The clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. My shadow who watches me work because it means I'm out in the sunshine. A lawn that needs mowing. Windows that need cleaning and gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home. The spot I find at the far end of the parking lot because it means I'm capable of walking. My huge heating bill because it means I am warm. All the complaining I hear about the government because it means we have the freedom of speech. The lady behind me in church who sings off key because it means that I can hear. The piles of laundry and ironing because it means my loved ones are nearby. The alarm that goes off in the early morning hours because it means that I'm alive. Weariness and aching muscles at the end of the day because it means I have been productive. There's so many things we should be thankful for. But all too often, instead of being thankful for what we have, we whine and and complain. Listen to this poem, Forgive Me When I Whine. Today, upon a bus I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her so beautiful, and how I wished I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one foot and wore a crutch, but as she passed, she wore a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet. The world is mine. And when I Stopped to buy some sweets. The lad who served me had much charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm. He turned and said, Oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Then when walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. I stopped for a moment. Then I said, Why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word. I realized he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunsets glow, with ears to hear what I would know, I am blessed indeed. The world is mine. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. That's a great point. Dad, you know it, I think we all know that we
0: should give thanks when things are going well. It's, it is right and good to to praise God from whom all blessings flow. But, you know what Paul is, is advising us here, or commanding us rather, is that we not only praise God and give thanks during those good times, but also in the bad, and right. that we should find something in everything. You know it it's just one thing to, to thank God for your job and, and when you have a job and mm-hmm. to thank God for, you know, maybe income and, and all these things. But what do you do when your company downsizes and, and you're out of a job or when your retirement fund loses 45% of its value or when your marriage collapses, when your daughter gets pregnant uh, out of wedlock, uh, when the cancer returns or when your friends betray you? What do you do then? Well, Paul's command here is that we give thanks. right? And that can be so hard for people to think about to give thanks in some of these tragic times in our life. But it's in these hard moments that we must return to God whose love for us never changes right. and give thanks. you know. And I think there's many people that are probably saying, Matt, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how bad I've got it. And they may be thinking to themselves these questions is, How do I give thanks when my heart is broken? Mm -hmm. How do I give thanks when I'm confused? How -hmm. do I give thanks when I'm angry at what sin has done in our world? And so I I came up with a list. I found some of these and I added some to my own. And I just want to encourage people that no matter what your situation is, no matter – How bad it is, there's an opportunity to give God thanks. And I've come up with again with a list for us to get started. And I want you to think about these. I think that when Paul says we should give thanks in all things, this is what he's referring to. We should give thanks that God is sovereign, that nothing happens by chance, that God causes all things to work together for the good of his children. That the hard times reveal our weakness, break our pride, and show us the total need for God. Mm -hmm. That God has triumphed over sin and death through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That God uses the worst that happens to promote spiritual growth. That God is faithful even when we are faithless. That God's word will be vindicated. That God's promises are true. That evil will not reign forever. That heaven is real. We talked Mm -hmm. about that a couple weeks ago. That's right. And that this world is not our home. That's one of my favorites there. Mm -hmm. That when we are weak, he is strong. That his Mm -hmm. grace is sufficient for every situation. That nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That our salvation rests on God and not on us. Aren't you glad about that? That's right. That there is no pit that's too deep that the love of God is still is not still deeper, that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from every sin, that God delights to save sinners, that the Lord can soften the hardest heart, that there is no impossible cases for God, that even when we feel alone, we're never alone, that our Father will never test us beyond what we can handle. Mm-hmm. That the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, abides with us always. We talked about that in First John. Mm-hmm. That the Lord Jesus Christ feels our pain. That the Holy Spirit prays for us when we are too weak to pray for ourselves. That the Lord Jesus intercedes for us, and that we are finally saved. Mm-hmm. That God uses everything and wastes nothing that our doubts cannot cancel God's work in us, that someday we'll be conformed into the image of Christ. Again, we talked about that in our our Heaven series. Right. That God is faithful to finish his work in us, that our hardships equip us to minister to others. Yeah. Think about that, folks. Many times you're going through hard things, but that's giving you perspective that you can reach out and you can help someone else who's hurting. That we are invited to come boldly to the throne of grace, that God's plan is, for us exceeds our puny imagination, that though weeping endures for a night, joy comes in the morning. Yeah. That's a good one, isn't it? I like it. That we are still God's children even when our faith falters, and that while the su- while we suffer outwardly, we are being renewed inwardly, and that our light and momentary troubles uh, here on this earth are achieving for us eternal weight. Of glory. Yeah. And so when you think about those things, I just want you to, to think about how much we have to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much that we have to be thankful for. And and doesn't matter what your scenario or what your situation is, no matter how bad you're, you're, you're sitting there thinking to yourself it is, I'd like to for you to tell me if, if you can't be thankful for each one of these things that are on the list. And as we said, Dad, we were talking about this before we got started, that just scratches the surface. Right. Doesn't even begin to explain the depths of the things that God has done for us that we should be thankful for. That's
1: exactly right. You know, one of my favorite hymns in the church when I was a boy growing up, and we still sing it some today, is Count Your Many Blessings. And I read read across a story about this song that really moved me a short while ago, and I want to tell you. While on a short-term missions trip in 1996, Pastor Jack Hinton from New Bern, North Carolina, was leading worship at a leper colony on the island of Tobango. And there was time for one more song, so he asked if anyone had a request. A woman who had been facing away from the pulpit turned around. It was the most hideous face I'd ever seen, Hinton said. The woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. The disease had destroyed her lips as well. She lifted a fingerless hand in the air and said, Can we sing, Count Your Many Blessings? Overcome with emotion, Hinton left the service. He was followed by a team member who said, Jack, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. Yes, I will, Jack replied, but I'll never sing it the same way. Mm, That's a great story.
0: Great story. And so, You know, for those who are listening, uh, you may be uh, thinking to yourself, well, you know, this, again, sounds great, uh, but it's impossible. Uh, And there's just no way that you can uh, always be joyful and that you can rejoice always and that you can pray without ceasing and give thanks. This this is impossible. And these are just as crazy and preposterous as the guidelines from California. And I would say in and of ourselves, you are exactly correct. There is no way that humans— and a, a man alone can do this. Right. Uh, it's only these commands are only possible when Jesus lives in your heart, Dad. That's right. You know, you talked about that the opposite of someone being. Um, uh, someone who's a sinner, they, they don't give thanks, right? right. Um, and so if you're sitting here today listening to our podcast and you say that these are impossible, well, the reason why they may be impossible is you may be lacking the power that it's needed to, to make these things happen in your life. And that power comes through the Holy Spirit coming to live in your life. And you want to know how that can happen, How you can, how can you get to the point where you can rejoice always and how you can give thanks and everything and you can just pray without ceasing. Well, it's very simple. All you have to do is, is uh, to admit uh, that you are a sinner and that, that you call out to God and say, God, I am a sinner and I'm in need of your help and your salvation. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in your life. And then um, you'll believe, put your faith and believe and trust in him. And at that time, you will be transformed from your old man into a brand new person. The Holy Spirit will come and live in you. And when that Holy Spirit is here, that's what gives us the power as Christians to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, right. and to end all
1: things, to give thanks. That's right. You know, there's been uh, numerous times in my life that I was just so weighted down with the the troubles that are just part of being a human and being in this world and when i fall to my knees and pray and i don't just pray for a few minutes but i pour my heart out to god and i leave it at the foot of the cross i give my burden to jesus who who told me to come and bring my burden to him because he said he wanted to be yoked up with me after i spend that time with god i get up with a mind relieved because I know that I've got someone else handling this problem that's too big for me. And that's God. And God can do that for you. And like like we were trying to say to you earlier on, it's not that you can say, I'm thankful for a car wreck that took the life of someone that I loved or anything like that. But you can look back and you can say, God, I trust you. And even in the midst of this crisis, there's something that I can give thanks to you for many things, perhaps like that relationship that you had that made you better all of those years. The fact that you'll see your loved one if your loved one's a Christian again one day in heaven. I mean, there's so many things. And and that's such a relief to you when you praise God, when you praise Him. And as uh, Matt has shared with you a few moments ago, if God is tugging at your heart, and then you know it. You see, if uh, if I were to come to your house today and knock on your door, because of the the knock that you hear at the door, you would know someone is outside the door, wanting for you to open up. So maybe they can come in and fellowship with you. Well, likewise, perhaps you you feel like God is knocking on the door of your heart. He does that through conviction, through conviction of sin, that uncomfortable feeling that you have when you know that. You have disobeyed God and that God loves you so much. And when you realize what Jesus did for you and when he died for you and and then, you know, it's the right time to go to the door because you hear him knock on the door of your heart. He could be knocking on the door of your heart right now. And would you open up that door and ask Jesus to come in and not ask him just to come in and reside in your life? No, you can't handle life on your own. Ask him to preside, to be in charge of your life, to be your Lord and Savior, accepting what he did on the cross for you. You invite him in and you allow him to preside in your life. Like Matt said, he will change you. Now, I'm going to pray in just a moment. And I'm going to pray to prayer that uh, that I prayed as a 10-year-old boy when I asked God to come and live inside of my life. You know, I, I heard him knocking at the door. And I I knew it was the time to let him in. And I opened the door and asked him to come in. And he came in. He changed my life. He gave me joy. I'm not always happy all the time, but I've got that joy unspeakable. Uh, that's, it's just hard to put in words. I know things are going to be all right because I know the one that's going to make them all right in the end. And that's our Lord and savior, Jesus. Here's that sinner's prayer. If anyone out there in podcast land would like to give their heart to Jesus today, if you know, God's knocking on the door of your heart, then the Bible tells us if you would confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you'd be saved. And he wants you to come to him and pray. And this is the sinner's prayer. You might want to pray along with me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I am separated from you because of all of my sins. Today I acknowledge my sinfulness. I ask you to forgive me of all of those sins based on what Jesus did on the cross for me. How he took my place, died my death, paid sins penalty for me. Out of gratitude for what Jesus did, I turn away from my sins right now to live for Jesus to serve him, for no one else has ever loved me enough to die for me. So I accept him as my Savior and as my Lord. I ask you to come and live inside of my body, take control of my life, and then take me to heaven when I die. And, Lord, this I pray in faith, believing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, hey, if you made that decision to turn away from a life of sin, to submit your life to Jesus, would you please let us hear from you? You can respond by the way of uh, Facebook or Uh, Matt, share with them how they can reach us. Yeah, so
0: you can uh, respond to us via Facebook Messenger, you can send us a message across, or you can email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com We'd love to hear from you if you made that decision. Um, Again, we're not going to want anything from you or uh, sell your information. We just want to know that a decision was made, and so we can pray for you and celebrate with you um, the decision that was made here um, while listening to the Bonefire Podcast. So please reach out to us. Uh, For all of our listeners who are listening uh, uh, today and, and who We'll be listening to this at any point in time in the future. Uh, We do love you guys, and we thank you for for your, your listening. We hope that you have a great uh, Thanksgiving and holiday season uh, coming up. Um, we, we hope that you'll do it safely and that you'll think about uh, the Bible's guidelines for this Thanksgiving and holiday yeah. season and apply those uh, this year. And not only just to this season, but to every uh, single day. We hope you'll join us again next week as we will be kicking off our Christmas series and be watching out for the social media feeds. You'll be learning a little bit about that this week as we release um, what we're going to be doing there. So leading up to Christmas. Uh, So again, thank you for listening. We love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonfireministries at gmail.com.